You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go! What is that? Oh, look out for Pyramid Head, and welcome to Podcast BXN, episode 161. I am one of your hosts, the perennial dating app swiper from Portland, Oregon, the number one hater on the internet, Christian Macias. And I'm joined over Discord by Kentucky's number one Spartan and coziest PXN founder, <laughs> Daniel Prindle, aka Dan is DTM. Number two hater. <laughs> Fantastic. And our number three hater, the <laughs> president of the Tifa Lockhart fan club, the Nintendo aficionado and artist extraordinaire himself at Roro. Hello, hater number three. I, would, I can never hate hate you guys though. Oh, uh, I love that. <laughs> wow. I, don't, I don't hate that. <laughs> of course, our fourth hater is uh, off working. He's a working boy today, but he'll be back next week and the week after. Sending love to Gilbo Biggins, a.k.a. Gage Dempster, the Terracot Teletubby. <laughs> Folks, thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every single Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern over on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN. We're also on twitch.tv slash Podcast PXN. And no other uh, websites. So, you see a fake PXN <laughs> reported. The topic Sorry. of the show this week is Silent Hill 2 Remake, aka the survival horror renaissance in full effect. But first, the show always starts with the PXN news of the week. So, let's go ahead and jump right in. All right, everybody. Sorry, timestamps. Let's jump into some quick bites. Got a couple of news uh, stuff I want to cover before we get into our actual news chunky items we'll actually have discourse about. Uh, first quick bite. Spider-Man Miles Morales is coming to PC. It is launching November 18th. Very cool to have uh, the first Spider-Man game and now the second one. Be excited for possible Spider-Man 2 whenever that comes out. A year after? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, probably a year after. After yeah, the release. Probably. Yeah. Probably. But yeah, this is great. I hope people enjoy it. It looks fantastic on PC. Yeah. Heck yeah. By the way, like when they uncap frame rates on PC for uh, the Spider-Man games, like just watching Spider-Man swing around, it always looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Moving on to our second news item here. Valve has registered a new trademark called Neon Prime. A lot of speculation as to what they were doing. Uh, and it could be, and I, I have this link here from a, a person who's tweeting gabe follower <laughs> nice is that a reference to uh to uh, what's his name gabe gabe name? newell newell yeah, yeah i yeah. think so former valve developer said that neon prime might be related to unannounced uh fa- faster than light like ship building game this final flame dude is kind of trusted because he confirmed valve's return to creating game consoles way before steve nick announcement so could be that for all you faster than light fans. I don't know how many. I never even heard about this game until today. Me either. Same. I'm sure people are excited that Valve is potentially returning to making games, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe make a third game in like literally any of your franchises, <laughs> Valve, please. They did. It's called Half Life Alex, and it's you know, critically acclaimed. <laughs> That's a cop out. <laughs> Got him. Got him, folks. There was a uh, couple of I, Dead Space previews going around the internet. Uh, I stopped to watch the IGN Dead Space preview just, just because. I, I think I was eating or doing something. I was like, let's put this on, on YouTube. 
So I watched, and a couple of notes for you. It's a one-take game. Of course, we knew that a couple of weeks ago. I think that was announced. But again, we want to reiterate that it is a one-take game, much like Dead Space 2, much like God of War. Very cool. Uh, my personal favorite bit of news here from Dead Space is that they added something called the Intensity Director. Uh, what does that mean? Well, let me tell you about it. It means there is no more safety when you are backtracking in the Ishimura. They made it scarier. There are, quote, hundreds of events that can happen to keep the tension high in the game. So if you're backtracking to get some more items or you know, what have you, uh, be on the lookout because you may see more... Uh, not necromorphs. Are they necromorphs? Yeah. Yeah. Just out and about. Just common stuff hissing around. Hundreds of things that can happen. So, be on your toes. That's terrifying. And something else. Right? Isn't that cool, though? Yes. Come on. That is very cool. But, like, I'm the type of person that I would go out and clear the room and then go back and get a bunch of items because I'm like, all right, yes. it's safe now. But now you Me can't too. do that. <laughs> I realize that there's no shot I'm playing this game at night. Like, it's going to be during the day. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, final, final little tidbit here. Uh, there's a peeling system that adds layers of flesh to enemies. So as you're shooting it, you're gonna see a bunch of skin coming coming out, which I found really really cool. It's also apparently on on other like uh, you know like people in the game as well. Like there are like other. And you'll see. You'll see. Motive doing great work with this remake. Yeah. Uh, my it, honestly, there's a chance it might be like uh, maybe not like the benchmark for for remake games. I think RE2 remake is probably the benchmark for me personally. Uh, but then that conversation might happen. Like this might be like one of the best remakes of like uh you know a little modern era, a little renaissance of silent survival horror games. Absolutely. Moving on. Nvidia is unlaunching the GeForce RTX. 4080 12 gigabyte graphics card. I got a quote from the mirror as to why they're doing this. Uh, the RTX 4080 12 gigabyte is a fantastic graphics card, but it's not named right. Having two GPUs with the, with the 4080 designation is confusing. So the 4080 16 gigabyte is still on track for November 16th launch. The 12 gigabyte is not. Rip. Okay, I also have no more to add there. Either. <laughs> I think they'll they'll probably just rebrand this as uh, one of the lower end cards, like forty seventy, or some people said maybe a forty seventy Ti. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. But still, to unlaunch it just to for the to, well, I guess if there's like stuff on it, you want to have it like yeah, okay. No, I take it back. I take it back. Yeah, because the 16 gig version is still coming November 16th, which yeah. is more powerful. So, yeah. Yep. This next news item maybe should have been on the actual news of the week docket, but I think we'll all have similar thoughts, so I don't think there's any kind of discussion to be had. Uh, Comcast has pulled the plug on G4 TV. Um, there are hundreds of people now out of, out of employment, which which sucks. Um yeah, hard goes out to all the people who are also very shitty that they just announced it that way and didn't send any kind of memos or, or emails to the actual workers of the company who found out via news just on Twitter. That's re a really shitty practice. And we, we're seeing too much of that recently. Uh, yeah, just G4 TV did not survive uh, its own comeback, which is pretty unfortunate. Very upsetting. Uh, what was the other company that did this recently? Was it Game Informer where they just like 
what was the company that set it online? Know, and that's fa- people found fam- it. Fanbyte. Fanbyte yeah. was. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. So that's that's crazy. I can't believe that they just. That's just the way that they seem to be doing things right now. Um, yeah, that's really sad. And they they just came back, like you were saying. So sad that it didn't yeah, last. About a year but, ago, some other, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was just that was horrible planning by the people in the higher ups because it's like who wants to launch a cable tv channel like nowadays like i don't know I, they did not do that the right way i don't think yeah if this was like a smaller startup and you like i think dan you were saying exactly this like just build it up a, a smaller yeah. and it gets bigger over time like maybe start on youtube yeah. i'm sure it'll it'll been great if that's where it started but yeah and I think it probably would have still still have kept going if it was like a smaller team that just started on 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 streaming platforms. It yeah. could have yeah. been, and I get it. Like they wanted to recapture what it was, uh, what it used to be back when it was on TV. But like the reality is, like things have shifted. There, people, we get there are hundreds of personalities online first that like this now. It's not just you know Kevin Pereira or you know, whatever. So yeah. shame though, and kind of sucks. But that's that's business, I suppose. Uh, I have one small news item. This is a big dub for me. Lance McDonald has figured out a, a way to make PT playable on PS5. Uh, this man is a god. I love Lance McDonald. I've fallen for a little while. Um, yeah, I, no, no other thing for me to say there. Just very cool that you know Konami has like gated PT to be played on on PS5, and lo and behold, he fin- finally found a way. Very cool. Like on the week of Silent Hill 2 remake being announced. Uh, yeah, very cool. That's awesome. I should find out how to do this. I think you have to download like a jailbroken version of the game via USB and then play it that way, I think. But I won't speak to that now. Instead, I'll move on to our next item. There's another showcase happening this week. Tomorrow, the Resident Evil Showcase is scheduled for October 20th at 3 p.m. Pacific. It's going to feature Resident Evil Village Gold Edition, which I think launches next week, I think. Uh, probably also some stuff about Reverse, the the online multiplayer game, I think, from Resident Evil, as well as we're gonna get uh, probably a deeper look at Resident Evil Four, which uh, to me is is the meat and potatoes of the showcase. Very excited for RE Four. Yes. Yeah. Same. Uh, RE Four. Yes. Show us lots of it, or not too mm-hmm. much, but yeah. <laughs> just just, just enough. enough, right? Just enough. Just enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I think during the PlayStation showcase, or I guess State of Play, like. They had like a second one, right? Like it was Capcom. They showed like 10, 15 seconds of like gameplay. It's like, yeah, that's a tease. Like we want a little bit more and yeah. tomorrow should hopefully be the day. Yeah. Very, Very cool. cool. Next news item here. Project Renee has been revealed. It is the next gen Sims game for all you Sims fans. Get excited. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it's been a really long time. I, I mean, Sims 4 is super popular still and when did that come out like i feel like it's been like ages since that came out yeah 2016 i want to say no kidding really yeah 2014 2014 wow yeah that's crazy so yeah i guess it's about time and and it might be 10 years like between games because project renee is still early in development yeah Mm. according to this tweet so yeah Dude, we should make our little PXN Sims. You know I mean? <laughs> Heck yeah. <Very> cool. <laughs> Just out and about. Moving on. Daniel shared this. 
Unfortunately, he didn't realize that I already had this in the docket, so <laughs> it was redundant. Microsoft is building an Xbox mobile gaming store to take on Apple and Google. Uh, this is, first of all, insane. Like, uh, like what Microsoft is doing to, to, again, I say this almost every week. What Microsoft is doing to, like, remove barriers, get their games everywhere is, like, crazy to me every single week. Uh, and this is big, to have fucking Xbox games on mobile devices, like, uh, like via their own store, cut out all the middlemen is crazy. Dan, yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I'm wondering how this is going to work on Apple specifically because obviously the App Store is the only thing that works right now for that. So I don't know how they're going to do that. Or maybe the Epic Games versus Apple trial has opened up something for them there. I don't know. Um, Probably. But yeah, that's that's super interesting because obviously Amazon has its own app store on Android already that competes with Google. So uh, I guess that'll be a third option on there for people to get stuff. I guess this will be more focused on gaming, but um, who knows in the future uh, what what that might be. Or maybe Microsoft will just abandon it like Mixer. <laughs> so who knows? At least they uh, tried. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And you were, when you when you said uh, I wonder how Microsoft is going to get around this. I was trying to think like, can you buy PlayStation games on the PlayStation app? And I think you can. Like, if you just like open it and then go to the PlayStation Store thing. So maybe it won't be as difficult as we think. They just just install the mic the Microsoft app, and you'll be able to download or p pay for the Xbox games through the through the thing. That's a, I think that's a little bit different though because like when you buy them on the games on the app like you're mm. it's just like a storefront you know right. like you're still gonna play stuff on your PlayStation on the PlayStation yeah that's whereas true. this is like if I'm buying stuff on my my iPhone or whatever like if, you're sending it's to meant play to, it yeah you're, you're taking away from like the App Store games yeah, right. essentially right like natively building yeah. first party games on um, on Apple yeah, yeah on mobile yeah interesting. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see. Like, like you said, like this is awesome that they're at least trying to get their games in as many places as possible. Um, I'm excited for that. Yeah. What are the odds we get another lawsuit from Apple or oh, another <laughs> company? Google. That's that's actually a good point. Like, maybe Microsoft is. This is going to sound bad, but maybe they're trying to bait Apple into another lawsuit because, like, if they build this store and say we want to launch this on iOS, and Apple says no, then that may be like, you know, grounds for them to go to some kind of trial or something again. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. We shall see. We shall see. Indeed. Uh, this next news item is again only for me. Uh, an in-person and online streaming Elden Ring event is set with Grammy Award-winning jazz artist Kenny Garrett and famous trumpeter Sequoia Kuroda. That is happening in Los Angeles and online December 3rd, and they're going to be playing the score from Elden Ring, but with a jazz twist, also with a bit of a jazz improv improvisational twist. Uh... Listen, I'll be online December third. Probably eating, probably eating a gummy and watching this damn thing. Happy That's for it. you. This sounds awesome. <laughs> Happy for me. Yeah, thank you. I wish they would do this shit more often for uh, other franchises. Like stream it online. That's awesome that they're doing this. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they have like these kinds of concerts all the time, right? They did like a what Final Fantasy stuff. Yeah. 
Bro, I ended up to you, bro. You had other other examples, I'm sure. Kirby, Sonic, they did. Yeah, oh, the Sonic. Yeah, yeah those are yeah. the most recent ones that I could think of. I think they did a Kingdom Hearts one as well a while ago. That one was really cool. But yeah, I, I want them to do this for more franchises too, Dan. Like, that would be awesome. Persona. Oh, Persona. Oh, yeah. Destiny. Yeah. Destiny. I think, I don't know if they did. I, I feel like they did, but I don't know off the top of my head if they. I think they, they also did. did a Zelda one. Mm, yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. 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 Anyway. There you have it. December 3rd. Elden Ring fans get excited. So, just me. <laughs> uh, another news item just for me. Sasha Gray will voice Ash, a new character in the upcoming Cyberpunk 2077 DLC, Phantom Liberty. All you Sasha Gray fans, get excited for, for her role as Ash in, in the DLC. Let's go. Okay. That is the last quick bite. Let us move over into Street Meat. We have, oh, oh I'm sorry, or Scuttlebutt Lane, as some like to call it. We have one news item here, and this is comes from Video Game Chronicles. Video Games Chronicle? I think oh, it's I Video Games just, Chronicle. I always just say VGC. I have no idea. <laughs> VGC, this comes from VGC. <laughs> Call of Duty may not appear on Game Pass for a number of years. Oops. Drop my pen. Due to a prior Activision Sony deal. And I'm not going to lie to you. Did I forget to read this and <laughs> write down bullet points so, that I can, so I can talk to you about it? Perhaps. <laughs> that's okay so let's just talk about it the headline <laughs> I, uh, okay yeah. I, I just wanted to say i <laughs> this has nothing to do with the story it's video games chronicle if anybody was interested oh thank but, you bro yeah <laughs> but uh and now yeah stuff's out of the way <laughs> yeah let's get to the story um yeah this is so i i get it though like i understand why they want to do stuff like this but it's just so annoying i i like they Xbox owns Activision Blizzard now. They should be able to do what they want with it. And if it's putting it on Game Pass for... And it's not even exclusive. It's just it's just for the Xbox people to to uh, to play it. Um, but I, I understand why PlayStation would want not, this not to happen. Just for the people to play it on their console and spend more money there. Uh, instead of people buying an Xbox subscription and paying less money for it and all that jazz. But yeah. Yeah, I, well, that's the thing, I, right? Like, if it's yeah. on Game Pass, people are going to get it on Xbox or and or PC, mm-hmm. um, which means people are not buying it on PlayStation, which means Sony is not getting a cut of those profits. And like, money talks, baby. Like, that is all yeah. these companies care about, right? So, and like, it, it, it's a large concern, I'm sure. But it, it, does it come off as petty? Thousand percent. And uh, I mean, if the CMA has anything to do with it, that Microsoft may not own Activision, row because uh, they they're currently uh, you know investigating the deal, and sure. they've they've been the biggest um, hurdle, I guess, for Microsoft so far. Uh, I think it's interesting though, because there there's rumors online that the the year is 2024 that this would go through, so that's only you know two more years so essentially you know modern warfare 2 and the next call of duty whatever that ends up being since they're on a two-year cycle those would be the only two that wouldn't be able to be on game pass which wouldn't be that big of a, a deal i don't think even if microsoft does end up finishing their acquisition um of uh activision but 
Yeah, uh, I think their deal is kind of up in the air right now with the with the CMA questioning things. I just hope that things get better at Activision Blizzard, whether that means Microsoft buying them and things getting better, or uh, fire Bobby Kotick and fucking start there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Amen, Amen. So, Dan, you said it best. So, what instead we're gonna do is move on to PXN news of the week. That is it for your street meet. Let's head over into our big stories that happened this week. We're going to mosey on over into the controller corner so everybody get cozy. Uh, we got a couple things dropping here. Uh, the biggest one happening this week, I think, well, I say that, but the conversation is about them together. So I'll, I'll start with what happened first. This is in the morning a couple days ago. Design Lab opens up for the Xbox Elite controller, and that starts at $149. US You can go design lab and customize your very own design lab elite controller mix some colors around get your little parts in there and buy that sucker beautiful controllers yeah. <laughs> talk to me about this you yes. went in you started designing gay start designing pick it up <laughs> I did, and I, I originally, I was like, no, I'm not going to do it because I've had so many uh, documented issues with the Elite Series 2 that I've talked about on here, including my Master Chief uh, version that I have. But miraculously, the Master Chief controller that I have, have has started working properly now because my issue with that one was the B button was sticking. But I guess I played it, I played with it so long that I unstuck it somehow because now it works perfect. So that's funny. But anywho, uh, yeah, I ended up customizing this, and um, I, I was actually surprised that they are uh, selling it standalone instead of like with the whole kit. So it's obviously cheaper because of that it's 149 instead of you know the normal one is 179.99 so i was like all right i'll get it uh, they got me I had a customizable elite controller i love it i love customizing this shit. it's so good you could even yes. uh, design the little pouch too like yeah the color for the now yeah. now that is an additional charge if you want that yeah. as well but i i chose just to do the controller only but they yeah they let you do the accessories kit too and you can choose all the colors there too this is very cool this right? is like this is like when i buy my new liverpool kit before the start of a new <laughs> season and i can choose to put the premier league pouch on the sleeve i can put the champions league pouch if they win I can put a name on the back just like that just like that now this is interesting because on the same day playstation dropped the, their trailer for the dualsense edge and in it we got details that is launching next year january 26th a couple months away it is priced at 199 us dollars and pre-orders start next week now why is this interesting well one that i mean the most importantly is that price point it's a, that is an expensive controller dropping on the same day as a, a as the design lab sorry i keep saying design lab as the xbox elite controller design lab um 50 dollars like the big question was like can they prove that this is like that price point is justified because it's the first time they're going into this kind of hardware hardware like a pro controller like they've partnered up with scuff before like they make good controllers right uh the dualsense edge so far has i'm sorry the dualsense period has been worked for me pretty well but is the pro controller gonna gonna last long and justify it gonna last long in the long run for me to justify 200 dollars? i don't know yet 
Yeah, I, I'm not too sure myself. I'm, I'm usually not the uh, target audience for these types of things anyway. I always just like look at them from a the side and it's like, wow, that's really cool. And that's that's usually the end of it for me. I don't usually buy the fancy controllers. But um, from what I've seen in the trailer, it seems like I'm getting enough out of the dual sense right about now. Uh, and I, I don't know if, again, like, you guys may be able to tell me that no, this is worth it. Like what what they're showing off is is worth that one ninety nine. But for what I'm seeing, it isn't for me. Again, I'm not usually the audience for this anyway. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I need the, that controller. What the controller profile button really and the button yeah. mapping, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I, but, I can tell you. I can remind you what's in it. It's, it's. I mean, it's pretty similar to the Elite controller as well. There's there's got some similarities. Similarities. Uh, the DualSense Edge uh, has comes. With, this is nice. A USB braided cable. Um, it's always nice. nice to have nicer cables, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, two standard caps, two high high dome caps, two low dome caps. You have to so you can interchange the yeah. the buttons on or the, the sorry the sticks on the actual controller. Yes, and that that is really good because all these controllers these days have this the the drift drift right. and that and you can't yeah. really fix that and this this is kind of combating that if you could just pick a controller that didn't do that that'd be awesome too yeah. but if you're not going to do that i agree then, yeah this is really yeah. cool the, honestly this is the best thing for me like why i would consider maybe getting one is like if i ever do get drift in the future just change out the the, the back or sorry the the caps It'd be nice too to just buy additional mm -hmm. caps on their own so if that happens uh, moving on, also, you get two half-dome back buttons, or you can switch those out to have the lever back buttons if you prefer those. Uh, connector housing. I don't know what that is. I'm not sure either. Uh, what is the connector? <coughs> yeah, I know that. Well, I think this... Okay, I know what this is. I was watching the video, and this, I'm just holding it. Just my dual sense just to kind of illustrate. Uh, the housing, I think goes into the, where the USB-C is, and then you connect the cable there, and then you can lock it. So if you move around, the cable doesn't actually disconnect. I have that right. And then it's very similar to the Elite controller or carrying case. Again, $200 to get all this stuff. Is it worth it? Damn. I will say, uh, like, the, my, the most intriguing thing is the whole stick replacement thing. I think that's really great, and I, I kind of hope that Microsoft does this, a similar thing with their next iteration. But... Uh, I think like the two most failure points on controllers is usually, you know, stick drift, like you guys said before, and also face buttons as well. So I just hope that these controllers in terms of face buttons are going to last the lifetime of the controller, even if you need to replace mm -hmm. the sticks, um, cause that would kind of suck. I do have one question though. I would like to see how much they're going to charge for those replacement sticks, because it's like that may factor into your decision if this is worth it or not. This is $200. And if you're saying like, I have to pay $50 for new sticks, you know, two, a year and a half from now or whatever, that may factor in. Yeah. yeah. Just got a new regular controller. If right. That's the case. Yeah. I, I don't know if that would be the case. Like, like control freak, like their, their sticks were like, what, like 20, 25 bucks for like a case of, of three different ones. I doubt. Oh, I, you well, got a good point though. It is Sony, and and it's the entire mechanism, right? It's not just the top, you know. You're section. right. You're right. So yes, good point. Good point. 
Yeah, it'll. Yeah, yeah. That, and just to clarify one thing, one thing as well, uh, you were comparing earlier the 149 um, Design Lab controller to this, which isn't necessarily a fair comparison for the the Dual Sense Edge because that doesn't come with any of the accessories and such. This would more so compared to the Elite um, Series Two that costs uh, 179. So it's essentially twenty dollars more than the Got series it. two that comes with all the you know the case and everything so Nifties. yeah so i guess that's my also another question i'm like why is this twenty dollars more like the dual the regular dual sense is ten dollars more than the xbox controller already which that makes sense there but then why is this twenty dollars more i it just seems a little goofy to me i, I mean i don't know just the, maybe maybe it has to do with the price of Components. Something to do with the haptic feedback and the yeah. adaptive trigger that drives up costs and the actual components. Yeah. One thing that the article doesn't mention either is that it also has like the two little uh, adjustment things mm. on the bottom of the controller. I forget what one controls. One does something, I can't remember what, but the other one controls like uh, volume, mm. balance for chat and game. Normally you'd have to go into the actual like dashboard of the uh, PlayStation and like fuddle around the menus to change stuff and just balance it out there. Now you can just click that and then hold uh, separate buttons that you map to and adjust the things on the fly, which if you're a competitive player, I guess, you know, is easier. So yeah, I don't know. It, it seems a little expensive. Um, maybe I might wait a couple months after review, see how people are liking it a few months out once people have tested it in, like in, a, in longer sessions. Uh, I mean, it's cool they're finally getting in the business, uh, but we'll see how their first attempt at it goes. I mean, I guess I did buy into the, the in-zone headphones, didn't I? <laughs> You're in the zone. I'm in the zone. AutoZone. <laughs> We're now sponsored by AutoZone. <laughs> yes. I wish. I would like a new car battery just for some... I, uh, <laughs> Why not? <Yes. laughs> Guys, can you see me doing this? I can. What if I did this faster? 60 oh. frames per second faster. Wow. Sorry. I'm capped at 30, much <laughs> like... Gotham Knights on consoles is going to be locked at 30 frames per second. No performance mode available upon launch. Uh, this come this came from a developer announced in a Discord a week before the game launches. You click this hyperlink. We can go into the actual quote here. Read you the full thing. This comes from Fleur Marty. Hello at everyone in the Discord. I know many of you are wondering about the availability of a performance mode for Gotham Knights on consoles. Due to the types of features we have in our game, like providing a fully untethered co-op experience in our highly detailed open world, it's not as straightforward as lowering the resolution and getting a higher FPS. For this reason, our game does not have a performance slash quality toggle option and will run at 30 frames per second on consoles. I'm going to stop there. Because I also have some notes about PC requirements, but I'm gonna stop there. Point blank, how do you feel about 30 frames per second? No 60 FPS on next gen consoles, Xbox Series Suite and PlayStation 5. Personally, I, oh, yeah, sorry. sorry, go for it, Dan. Go for it, Dan. Sam. <laughs> Uh, I was just going to say, personally, I I don't have a huge problem with this if the game is good. Like, in my opinion, like, yes, I get this gen has been all about 60 FPS mode and all of that. And I would love to see options for that. Like, I think that's the biggest disappointment here is that they're not giving us options for that. But like, you know, 
even Ratchet and Clank at launch, I played that game in 30 frames per second on the PS5. And that was in the uh, the quality mode because that was before they they had a patch like I think a month later or so that they ended up doing like a um, uh, performance RT. Yes, performance RT exactly. Which that's the mode I ended up playing with eventually. But uh, originally I was playing that I, in 30 FPS. What? Oh, sorry. I think you have it backwards. Miles Morales launched a month later with performance RT. They updated that later. But Ratchet launched with performance RT. That's what I played it in. Oh. Maybe I'm thinking of Miles then. <laughs> Anywho, uh, and I, I personally didn't have an issue with 30 FPS. Like, I, I mean, we played games all last gen on 30 FPS, and I know we were in a different time and all of that, but I think personally, like, if the game is in the direction that it needs to be and, like, the game feels good, I think that's the most important thing. Uh, I do think it would, you know, benefit to have an option of 60 FPS, but I personally don't think it's the end of the world. Bro, are you, are you feeling similar? Do you care about uh, more frames? I feel, I feel similar in the sense where I don't care about more frames, but I do think that uh, in the in our generation, I think it is most gamers are expecting to see that that number. And I think Dan... You you agree with that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I've I mean, and there's other open world games on consoles that I I think look better than Gotham Knight, that are running at 60 frames per second. Those games are probably single player, so maybe that's the reason that they couldn't do it. Um, I'm not sure what held them back, but I'm sure you're going to talk about like the the PC requirements soon. But uh, it's 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 interesting to see that they weren't able to do that on consoles, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a person that really cares about the frames per second, but uh, I am always impressed when I see it in like my games that I'm playing. But if the I'm like Dan, if the game feels good, I don't really care all that much. Well, funny you say if the game feels good, <laughs> higher frame rates like that makes feels a... really it makes a huge difference. There has been comparison videos left and right on games being played at 30 versus 60. Like there was one that was shared of like God of, God of War 2018. Yeah, like. That, that game I mean, is like I it's huge difference. I was playing yeah. uh Destiny 2 at 60 frames. I was gonna bring like, that up. <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. So you play yeah. that at 60 frames when you're playing the story. You jump into Crucible where uh you can play at 120 hertz, and that difference is insane how like smooth that game is. Yeah. I I think especially if you're make like want like a smooth experience when you're playing a like a, a co-op game, you want into like especially like an, a character action game, you want things to feel smooth. Um well in locked it. Tell me. Sorry, that's a great point, though, Christian, because, uh, like, I play Halo Infinite a ton, as you guys know, and I, I play in the 120 hertz mode in Halo Infinite. So, like, mm. when I go from that to a game that's 30 FPS, it is a very jarring difference. So I, I totally understand that and, uh, and definitely hear people when they have that complaint. Uh, I will counter, though, like, I played The Last of Us Part 1, in uh quality mode and and that was 40 fps with vrr and i had a great time with that i th i absolutely loved it so uh, it can work you know i mean i mean sure and actually i was i was actually when the last of us uh remastered first came out i was actually anti-frame rate at yeah. that point i wanted it at the lower frame rate because i thought it looked better when it was closer to the cinematic experience move if you will go watch a movie uh Movies are filmed at 24 frames per second. That's like the that's the standard for for cinema. Um, so anything higher just looks weird. So when it was like 
I was seeing the last of his cutscenes at a higher frame. It's like, no, the movie effect is is gone. And like, there's a time and place for that. But I think when it, when it's a character based action game, co op action game, I think you want to have a smoother experience. Um, I think I think the weirdest thing about this is the way it was announced and the timing of its announcement. Like, they should have probably been more transparent about it. Yeah. Uh, earlier, and you know, if they decide to. To announce it maybe do so in a public more of a public manner or not not a discord is my thing one person it didn't sway though christian glenn already pre-ordered the digital deluxe edition of the game i mean glenn was excited for like he months was. he's been talking about gotham knights like i'm sure yeah. this did i'm sure glenn doesn't care no no uh, there were some people who were, were vocal about canceling their pre-orders though yeah uh, which i understand like if you're paying a premium for these these next-gen consoles you want to have like a a next gen experience have that feel so yeah it's a little bit a little bit of a bummer uh ro mentioned the pc requirements as well i think i forgot to, to link that gauge might have sent that so i'm trying to trying to look for that now but uh the yeah. minimum requirements for pc for 1080p 60 uh was a little strange tell me with dan i interrupted you no you're fine uh i think it was like the ryzen 5 5700 is that right 3600 3600 um yeah yeah off. but yeah uh, that that's insane <laughs> that's very high yeah uh, yeah requirements and so it seems like a lot of people and gauge included and some people in in this twitter thread that i'm reading uh seem to be speculating that it might just be poor optimization from the what is it wb montreal i think making gotham knights yes from their part so we're gonna have to wait and see yeah, I I think it's kind of a bummer overall to 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 have on top of the console news to have like <laughs> you gotta have high specs to to run the game at 1080 60. Uh, it's a little strange to me. Yep. What you gonna do though? What you gonna do? Feel like Batman. Feel like Batman in 30 frames per second. <laughs> we'll see. I said that. I said that. <laughs> Put it on the box. <laughs> Our last bit of news here. This has been insane. Oh boy. Trouble yeah. with Bayonetta 3's voice actor. We're going to kind of run you through the story and, and discuss as we move along. Earlier in the week, voice actor of Bayonetta, the title character of the series, Helena Taylor, came out, posted a video, uh, essentially saying that she was offered only $4,000 for voicing the entire game. Um, and asking people to boycott the series, the franchise, Bayonetta 3, etc. To which I said, yes, Helena Taylor, I am by your side. I will do whatever you tell me to do. $4,000 for the whole game that you helped create, that you were like pretty much the, you are the reason why I love this franchise, I'll back you any day. Absolutely. To which then later, Hideki Kamiya, is it Hideki? Hideki Kamiya, tweeted, sad and deplorable about the attitude of untruth in reference, to, in reference to Helena Taylor's video, saying, that's all I can tell now. That's that's what all I can tell now. By the way, beware <laughs> of my rules. Very very strange tweets. Of course, he, he's tweeting in Japanese and translating into English, so we understand why it's a little bit odd. But, like, beware of my rules is just such a weird thing to do. And he went on to mass block Hundreds yeah. of people who were like in his replies. Those were the rules. Subsequently getting flagged by Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. He has yeah. like a bunch of Twitter rules on his like pinned 
uh, tweet, and it's like, if you don't follow them, get ready to be blocked. And one of those is if you tweeted him in English. So don't don't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, don't just don't tweet it. Oh, yeah. Unless you want to get blocked. Yeah. And he has a long history of this. Like uh, after Scalebound got canceled, like there was a whole lot of stuff he was saying, and it was it was crazy. So it yeah, his there. online presence is uh, <laughs> is something. I guess it's a presence. <laughs> so what this did is is start two things. There was people who were, you know, almost, what did I almost said blackmail, blackmail, boycotting the game. Uh, people who were, you know, attacking Platinum Games for for having an offer this egregious. People who were actually going after Jennifer Hale, who is the the new voice actor of Bayonetta now for Bayonetta Three, to which Jennifer Hale had to respond and basically say, "I didn't know. Things are under NDA. Uh, uh, you know, like you, you don't normally. Oh, there goes Ro. Oh, he's back." Hello? Hello? Roshan? <laughs> we lost Essentially, Roshan. people were getting hate. Or, sorry, Jennifer Hale was getting hate, but she didn't know, yeah. right? There are contracts, there are NDAs, these things happen, and she just accepted the role. We don't know how much she was offered, if it was any different, you know, what have you. Just leave Jennifer Hale alone. And this is where the actual news item comes to the crux and where our discussion begins. Turns out, Via a Jason Schreier Bloomberg report, Platinum Games actually attempted to rehire Helena, paying three, between $3,000 and $5,000 per session, not for game, with five sessions total at least for the, for the whole game, meaning that is between $15,000 and $25,000 for voicing Bayonetta. This is on top of uh, residuals that she was offered as well, which would have been great. Uh, I, I think in, in an industry where voice actors don't normally get residuals, where their uh, attempts to unionize and, and, and strike were asking for residuals where they had to back down from that, this would have been very great for Helena, Helena Taylor. Reportedly, she actually refused that and asked for a six-figure sum plus residuals. Oh, I'm sorry. I think she was offered a bonus. I take that back. I got my own, my own notes wrong. She was offered three to five, three thousand to five thousand dollars plus a bonus. She wanted six figures plus residuals, to which Platinum declined. They also then actually offered her a cameo role because they still wanted her in it and they still wanted to pay her some money. She uh, declined and said, "F you, screw you." She didn't actually say that. I'm saying that. <laughs> Taylor responds to Bloomberg saying, "This is all an absolute lie. Platinum is trying to save their ass and the game." And then finally. BGC corroborates Bloomberg's report saying, no, it's actually, this is what we have, uh, from our sources, this is what happened as well. Turns out Helena might have been lying. My, there's a very, tell me. My only question is, is like, I, I believe that Bloomberg and VGC believe their sources, but like, my question is, who are their sources? Like, are their sources Platinum Games people? Because, like, are they necessarily reliable when it comes to this? Because uh, Kamiya could have told a couple of employees, hey, leak this to these guys so that we yeah. get them off our back. So, like, I don't know. I just don't know. Like, oh, what do we think Dude. about? No, and you're so right, dude. Because like no one, no one stopped for a second to think that. Instead, people were like, "Helena lied to us." I was like, 
Well, relax, guys. Like, we, we don't know the actual truth. It's all hearsay right now. Yeah. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle, to be honest. Yeah. It could be, like, a, a miscommunication, too. Like, I mean, at this point, it's hard to to believe that as well. But, like, the fact that 4,000 is, like, a, a common number that's popping up, that she thought she was just going to get paid $4,000, but it's actually $4,000 per session. Maybe she just, that was, like, a mix-up? I, I, I don't know. But... I, I know four thousand dollars is alone, like for the entire game would have been would have been not enough. Four thousand yeah. dollars per session is definitely different. I, I I mean I'm not someone who can say what her her work is worth, but I know it's worth more than four thousand dollars. I don't even know if fifteen thousand dollars is enough. But yeah, it's a it's a huge game. She should be paid accordingly uh for that because she's literally the star of the game. <laughs> But yeah, I, I agree with you where I think this truth is somewhere in the middle that Helena deserved more. Was she offered more? Maybe, but if she believed that her 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 uh, work was still worth more than that, then she has every right to walk away from that. Yeah. Yeah. It, I should also note that like four thousand dollars let's just let's just let's just say call it four thousand per per session, just to make yeah. it easier. Her session is still more than double to what other voice actors get for their for their yeah for normal roles. Like usually, it's like as high as fifteen hundred or as low as fifty. Um, yeah. And this this is per other reports, just like in the UK. Um, so it, like it like sh it varies, and she was getting reportedly like so much more. I do agree, though. Like. What a lot of consensus has been from the people that I follow on Twitter is like the most important thing to take away from this is that it is important to have like healthy discussions online, to have transparent discussions, I should say, not healthy, transparent about uh, pay, not just in the voice actor industry, but across like the entire industry. Like make sure people are getting paid properly for their roles and not getting screwed left and right. I didn't put this, I completely forgot about this as well, but like, you know, there was a report this week of a Rooster Teeth employee who was being paid less than what, $30,000? Like, she was the she was the lowest, the person above her uh, on the pay scale was $30,000 $30, above her, which is insane. Wow. Right? Yeah, it, yeah. I, I, I agree that all voice actors and just everybody in the industry should be paid accordingly it, it's just so it blows my mind so much that the that the people who literally make these games happen the people that make sure that these are million dollar franchises are getting paid the least out of everybody like the people who just say like yeah do this game are getting the most like you did literally nothing you did nothing <laughs> right. and you're getting all these bonuses and it's it's crazy it blows my mind but i also want to say if Platinum Games wanted to save money. It is weird that they went with Jennifer Hale, who is like a yeah. super acclaimed voice actor with well, an amazing resume who probably yes. costs just as much as Helena or maybe more. Or more. But, and I here's the thing, dude. Part of the reason why, oh, I think you I know. No, no, no. You, we caught all that. Part of the reason why I think they wanted to save money is that they had to hire uh, union voice actors for other roles in the game, which would cost more money because they're they're union members and you want you have to pay them uh what they're actually worth uh and so i mean it makes sense like if, if helena was like a non-union voice actor uh, I, I don't know if she is or not it would probably offer her less because they already had to put 
cost of the other game towards the other actors. So, and who knows? Hmm. Not good. Not good is my summary of of this whole situation as well. It's just, it's just very messy. It suck messy. It sucks that it happened in this way, but I'm glad to open the door for more conversations about about pay in, in the video game industry, which I think I think need to happen more often. Yeah. Speaking of which, when am I going to get paid more? <laughs> or at all? No, 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 sorry, not for this. For oh. my, my my actual job. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, thoughts? <laughs> oh, no, Ro did cut out. Oh. He was frozen. I didn't even realize he was frozen, dude. Oh, I didn't either. <laughs> I thought he was just vibing and reading something online. <laughs> That's all right. He'll rejoin us, I'm sure. Poor, poor Ro. I think uh, ever since the, the great Canada, like, uh, internet outage... Apparently that's broken. You're so listening to Podcast BXM, a video game podcast. As we try to fix Ro coming back, let's move on to our fantasy draft check. And there were a couple of games that came out this week. I think mine and Rose included. Uh, did we talk about Mario Rabbids? Sparks Hope yet? Uh, I don't think it was out yet last week, so no. Our reviews weren't out yet. But they were out this week, and Ro picked that up. Uh, to some great, great points. Let's go see what he has received. 80, current 86 on Open Critic. So he should be getting 86 points sometime today or tomorrow when that no, finally 16. releases. What did I say? 86. <laughs> yeah, 16 points. 86 <laughs> on Open Critic. He'll receive 16 points. Congrats. Thank you, Dan. Congrats, <laughs> right? You won Fantasy Critic just from one game. 86 points. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Can you guys hear uh, me now? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Sorry about that. Very good. Did anybody pick up Scorn in our draft? I don't think anybody did. I don't think so. Yeah. No, I did. Oh. Did. <laughs> I was gonna. Oh, huh? shut up, dude! This was at seventy-one oh, a couple days ago. It's now no. dropped to sixty-nine. Oh no. Nice. Meaning I'm gonna They're lose a nice. point. Oh. Oh no! Oh, I see what you did. Yeah, I didn't even catch that. That, that's it's rough. A, it's a, at a fine zero. You don't lose or, or get any. Yeah, I, I don't know what that's all about. That sucks. Switch Sports let me down. I should have known. <laughs> anyway, I got I got everything riding on Signalis next week, 1027. I, I don't that think anybody like picked up. Game. Yeah. Did anybody pick up uh, a Plague Tale? Nope. H, nope. a Plague Tale Requiem. Oh, 84 on Open Critic. 14 points for Gage. Not bad. He still has a lot of games that are not releasing on his list here. <laughs> also, a lot of games. He needs three more games to buy. Or, sorry, four. His yeah. counterpick. There's actually quite a bit still out there. I was looking at it the other day, and I was like, well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look out for Among Us VR. I'm telling you. Sleeper it. And still, Bone Lab, no reviews. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> You want you want a little sleeper here? New Tales oh. from the Borderlands available still, and that comes out ten twenty one. Wow! I we should be looking out for your that. Warhammer game. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, yeah. true. 
it was it previewed great. New Tales of the Borderlands comes out Friday. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yep. But I did I, not. I forgot about that. The bad thing is, is we can none of us can pick it up now, or at least I don't think it'll let you because the yeah, reviews. Will Saturday. Already, yeah. Yeah. True. Let's move um, on. Or oh, yeah. Sorry. Just a technical thing. I wanted to let you guys know. I might just go on my phone and through voice because I'm still like dipping in and out through the internet. I'm just going to wow. use my data and so I don't disconnect again. Sounds good. All right. I'll in keep my meantime. camera on though if it stays. Oh, swag. Okay. In the meantime. Let's move over to our PX. I'm sorry, I have the wrong doc up. Let's move over to our PXN best of. Of course, this month, October, it's best horror games. Although Ro uh, has opted out, we did do run a poll, and now we have our three final competitors. I forgot to vote my own poll. I, 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 I normally don't for the first round, although I should have because I wanted PT to win. It didn't. Instead, Dead Space won, and that is going up against two Resident Evil games. I am going to fucking lose. It's going up against Resident Evil 2 Remake, which is Gage's pick, and then Dan's pick was Resident Evil 4. Stiff competition for our survival horror beloved games. Indeed. It's going to be interesting. Can I Rose be, back. Can I be dethroned? <laughs> I don't know. That's the question I'm going to pose right now. Ro, will Dan be dethroned? Dead Space versus RE2. Make sure your phone is unlocked. Oh, from oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we're going to make sure that Dan is, uh, is dethroned, for sure. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. I will make, make sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to learn Gage's tricks and just go on a Resident Evil forum. and Oh, wait. Actually, that'll, that might help Gage, too, actually. Never mind. Yeah. We all got to put our chips on RIT remake. Yeah. Okay. So sorry Let's for anyone on. who may be watching this unflattering angle. <laughs> That's <God>. so funny. <laughs> okay, there Let's, we go. Let's finally move into what you got for me. Daniel, start yep. with you. What you been up to this week? Well, I didn't continue Last of Us yet. I didn't. Oh, have, what a surprise! I didn't have much time this week. You know, people clamoring me for me to play them in rematches in NHL 22, Glenn, and uh, you know, I'll just say that uh, the USA Americans beat those Canadians. You know. Whoa. So yeah. You know. Get wrecked. <laughs> uh, anywho, uh, in the normal Halo infinite of course so we got a cool drop of the uh winter update that they released a like 10 minute trailer deep diving into what's coming in the winter update next month very excited for that forge finally coming so yes can't wait when does that come out november what november 15th or 8th something like that i don't know exactly <laughs> all right you have one week to be ragnarok Dan. yeah that's gonna be a tall task especially since that's gonna be like a probably a 30 to 40 hour game which means you have two weeks to beat the last of us sorry three weeks for the lot to beat the last of us that's plenty of time three weeks yeah but plenty also modern warfare comes out tomorrow <laughs> so yeah but like whatever that's a 10 hour campaign you'll sit through that easy we'll yeah. see we'll see christian bro what you been up to 
Um, I have been playing two games. I've been playing Potionomics, which you may have, I, I wasn't here. I, I may have missed it. You may have brought it up, but I picked it up in the fantasy drafts as well. Um, but Potionomics is a uh, store shop simulator. It's uh, your potion uh, seller, and you just inherited your uh, potion shop from your dead uncle. And you're just trying to make it through the day, selling potions, uh, making and paying off your uncle's debt, who he he left that to you because he sucks. <laughs> um, but you're also competing in competitions uh, with other NPCs who are also merchants in this town. Uh, some of them are friendly. Some of them are your rivals. It's really cute. I, I've had this on my list for a while, uh, just because of the animation and like it, it's just a really cute style. And uh, but the systems are really cool. It's like a deck building uh, thing. So when you're trying to sell the potions that you make during the night, like everything is on a time-based uh, system. So you brew some potions and that'll take up two time slots. And then while the potion's brewing, you would sell the ones that you've already made. And when you are selling them, you're haggling and you're using cards that you've found throughout the world by talking to different NPCs and uh, stuff like that. So it's really cool. It has a really cool loop to it. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um, and I'm also playing Cyberpunk 2077. I have reached the point of no return. So I've been uh, doing some side missions and making sure I wrapped up every well, most things that I want to wrap up. Um, finish Pan Am's story and a bunch of others. So I'm excited to see how it all ends um, and see if I could hopefully continue playing. Um, I'm, I'm sure because there's like DLC coming. So I'm sure there's like, there's gonna be some sort of twist where I will be able to keep playing past the point of no return, quote unquote, but yeah. It's a fun time. I'm really enjoying Cyberpunk. I wasn't expecting to like it this much, but I'm, I'm really liking it. Fake Bayonetta fan. Just abandoned yes. Bayonetta 2. I, I did. <laughs> I, I'll get back to it eventually, but I, I don't know if I'm going to play Bayonetta 3 right away, so I just, I'm just i saving Bayo 2 now. I did beat Bayonetta 2, <gasps> and I have to apologize for my thoughts last week. Last week oh. I said, man, uh, what, what did I say last week? I was really hard on Bayonetta 2. Um, so the so the cutscenes were like really getting to you. That I, and... that I still I, I still abide uh, I'll still stand by that. I I think a bit more production. Again, it launched on Wii U. I understand that. I don't know how much money it had for much production to actually do full fledged cutscenes. Uh, and I, I get it. Like Bayonetta one also had these still cutscenes. I I would wish I wish they had less of them in Bayonetta two. But like, it's fine. Whatever. I I moved past that. Whatever. My thing that I that I said on last week is that I didn't think the combat or sorry the enemies were as varied as Bayonetta one. Uh, I played one more chapter that <laughs> night after the podcast and like I saw different enemies uh, and like without I, I can't say specifics it spoils the game. Um, and I was like, oh no, okay, this is where the game actually starts now and this rocks. Uh, there's enemies from like the first game and the section that I was playing and like. I was having a great time. Bayonetta 2, uh, of course, a very good game. Great. I think I like Bayonetta 1 more still. I still stand by that. But uh, yeah, very cool game. Uh, I also started up Scorn on PC via Xbox Game Pass. And I know I talked about it privately in the chat, but publicly I should say this game is disgusting. It's, it makes me feel uneasy. Uh, it is scary, even though I know it's not really a... I mean, it's a horror game just because of its own environment. And yet, I think I love it. I also think I hate it. <laughs> I, I, I constantly think I, I, I'm frustrated. I don't feel like playing it. 
and yet I want to keep going, and I'm f- fascinated by the environment. What a what an interesting game Scorn is for me, dude. Like, I think its biggest detriment is that it almost kind of looks like a shooter, and it's not. And that and the combat, like, really, there's combat in the game, and I think it's it's the by far the weakest, because uh, the the weapons that you're you're given are still kind of they're kind of tools that you also use for like puzzles and, and traversal in the environment and like that is what the game is and, and maria aka Eurothug, uh said it best on twitter said this game is fleshy mist and that's a thousand percent right it's just a walking sim inside a nightmare hellish scape hr giger cronenberg inspired environment where you're just solving puzzles uh and if you're into that then you'll love scorn probably and if not then then skip it i'm enjoying it i'm in almost at the end of act three and there are five acts it's not a long game six hours i think is the average so i might finish it we'll see we'll see gage is playing christian tell me i'm sorry i i assumed you were done i are you done i'm done yeah i'm sure we're not sorry (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to step in right before you switched the topic so i just didn't want to make sure i didn't want to cut you off I'm sorry, Christian. Keep going. No, you already started. Keep going. Gage played <laughs> Chivalry 2, Medieval Dynasty, and Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, which I forgot I actually played Chivalry 2 with him, and ugh, I do not like that game. <laughs> you like all the screaming? Yeah, it's... Ugh, I, I just didn't like it. <sighs> it was just... Yeah. It's just constant sword fighting, and it got very monotonous. Like I played, I played one match, and I was like, I feel like I got my fill of this game. Like it was very the same thing over and over again. So, and actually playing it made me want to go play uh, Rise: Son of Rome again because I loved that game. I thought that game was awesome. Like a lot of people, you know, hated it because of the um, quick time mechanics or whatever, but. Like, I saw those more so as, like, the, you know, Doom-type, uh, you know, glory kill-type things. So I thought that right. was cool. So Yeah. yeah. We, all ha- we all have our, fran- you know, our box franchise games that we kind of stand by. I-, I-, I enjoyed The Order 1886. Yeah. I'm glad I picked it up for $5 instead of 60 but, you know. <laughs> it's fair. Let's move on. Our final segment. Long-awaited. Topic of the show. Silent Hill returns, baby. I have the recap for today from Konami's Silent Hill Transmissions. This is an update on all things Silent Hill. I'm actually going to move backwards, starting from the bottom and going up. Uh, According to this list, actually, I'm going to start here in the middle and then go backwards. So if you're on the dock, you can see what I'm highlighting. This is where I'm going to start. A Silent Hill movie called Return to Silent Hill is in the works. It's a, a new movie based on the Silent Hill 2 game and is directed by Christopher Gans, uh, director of Silent Hill 2006, which people did not like. They weren't huge <laughs> on this movie. So uh, we'll see how Silent Hill 2, sorry, Return to Silent Hill uh, goes. Will I check it out? Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> we can move on. We can move on. Awesome. Uh, cool. The weirdest game announced today, very strange title, kind of hilarious considering what this letter means on the internet. Silent Hill F has been announced. 
It is developed by Neobards Entertainment, uh, direct, uh, sorry, developers of Reverse, which is not out yet. Uh, and this is this is cool. So the story is by uh, Yukishi 07 of, uh, I almost said Hamaguchi, that's not right. He is a famed Japanese uh, writer of murder mysteries. That you might know him from the manga series Higurashi, which is probably his most famous work. Uh, so it should be a very scary game. This, I think, is set in 1960s Japan, set in the, I think, town, neighborhood that inspired the original Silent Hill series. So this could be pretty cool. You may not have much thoughts here, and that's okay. So I don't think I do either. I don't have much thoughts, but I think this was my favorite trailer. Like, every, like visually, I thought this was the coolest one that we saw. And, and disclaimer, I'm not a huge Silent Hill fan. You guys know I'm not a huge horror person in the first place. Sure. But this one was the most visually interesting to me with all the flowers and the, the fungus and stuff like that. It looks really cool. Do we know? The who... flowers and the, yeah. Tell me. Do we know who's actually developing this? Yes. Oh, I said it. Oh, come on now. I apologize. Keep up. Neo Bards Entertainment, developers of Reavers. Oh, I don't know what that is. It's, it's also the on the dock. I apologize, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, right I literally could have read it. I'm sorry. I apologize. Reverse as in the new Resident Evil. Oh, game, right? yes. Which I also yeah. talked about earlier. Oh, sure yes. Dan paid attention. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. I'm dumb. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Sorry. Well, let's just move on to another interesting one. Maybe maybe Dan will pay attention here. <laughs> Silent Hill Ascension. This is being developed by Genvid Entertainment and Bad Robot Games. Hmm. We knew that Bad Robot was getting into games for a, a while now. We didn't know what they were going to do. Well, lo and behold, here it is. It's Silent Hill Ascension. <laughs> it's live 2023, which is, is it's an important distinction to make. And the, the, the quote was, face your trauma together. And there was a lot of, like, Twitch chat-looking mm. things popping up during the trailer. And so, like, what is this game going to be? It's made to be, like, a shared experience with, like, like it was influenced by, like, streamers having streaming scary games and, and chat popping off. So it's an interactive experience game. What that looks like, who the F knows? Is it like Could a... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, bro. You might be about to say what I'm about to say. It could be similar to like the uh, the Until Dawn games. I'm, I'm blanking yeah, on the this. quarry. Like, and... Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, that I think that would be cool in the Silent Hill universe. I think so too. Yeah. I was. Right, a... What were you going to say, Dan? Uh, I was actually going to say that Netflix uh, interactive show. What oh, was that? Yes, That's where I went to yes, too. Bad. Yep, exactly. So. I don't know. I would, yeah, I would love it if it was if it was something actually closer to what Dan is saying, like something you watch together mm. and then decide. That would be fan. And you can Twitch integrate with chat. That would be awesome. Also, we could maybe do that as a PXN plays. Oh, would Ro show up? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in the chat. I'll be in the chat. <laughs> I'll be the one telling you guys not to go any further. Yeah, <laughs> with Close all the, the lights on. <laughs> yeah. My personal favorite, Silent Hill Townfall, is being developed by No Code, uh, which I've talked about last week uh, via the game. No, I don't think I brought this game up. I written down, but I didn't bring it up. Observation, play Observation, fantastic game. They also uh, made stories untold. It's developed mm. by No Code, being published by Annapurna, and this shit is gonna rock so hard. <laughs> I promise you. I prom put promise. it on. 
Put it on whatever you want. I promise you, this game is gonna. This is gonna be the best rated game out of all of these, including what I'm gonna talk about next. Okay. Really? I promise you. I promise you. I trust Christian. I trust you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Look at that freaking trailer, dude. Tell me that trailer's not. It was cool. Yeah. Come on now. Come on now. People should people should listen to me more. I'm right. (laughs) I'm right at least sixty percent of the time, if not. 70 i'm telling you yeah dan pay attention to christian for crying out loud yeah the 30 percent that you're wrong on is includes halo 3 is the greatest video game of all time oh listen and and we lost i lost that that one and that's fine you know whatever let's move on the final sorry the i should say i was part of this uh stream i was watching it live konami did not release this video as a premiere Meaning it just, at a certain time, it just <laughs> launched. So the first 10 minutes of the video is just empty fog. And then it leads into a countdown, which you can just scrub past. You can scrub past the entire thing, because again, it wasn't a premiere. They, they kind of messed this thing up. But anyway, uh, Silent Hill 2 Remake. It's a real. It's a real thing. It is being developed by Bloober. It is a PS5 console exclusive for one year. And it's also available on PC. Well, let me tell you some things. I'm going to actually delete this because I don't think it's true. Uh, Masahiro Ito is back, baby. The uh, art designer of the Silent Hill series, basically, uh, mm-hmm. is back. Also back, Akira Yamaoko returns to compose new themes mm-hmm. for Silent Hill. Uh, fun fact during his stream is that when he was composing the Silent Hill 2 theme, like themes... Yeah, he was told to read Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment to prepare for the actual game, which is an insane thing to, to, to assign someone. Uh, do you know how long Crime and Punishment is? You read this fucking fat book and then come back and like just go pop off on the theme. Anyway. Quick, uh, quick read. Quick read. Quick read. Matthias Lenar is the creative director. Uh, sorry. Uh, uh, is Who is the creative director of the medium? is the lead director of Silent Hill 2 Remake, which is a big hmm for me. Interesting. And yeah. last... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, I, 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 again, not the horror guy, but I know that medium wasn't received as well as people had hoped. None of Bloomberg game, Bloomberg games have been received. Oh, oh God. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, here's the interesting part. They're modernizing the gameplay, which, of course, is probably necessary. Um and they're moving to an over-the-shoulder camera. So it's very much the very same shift from like how RE2 was uh, one of its tank controls and fixed-point cameras around the, uh, the game. Very similar to how RE2 Remake is, is not that, right? It's over-the-shoulder um, and modernized gameplay. Silent Hill 2 Remake is doing the exact same thing. So the concern is, for me, is can they do good gameplay I don't know. I don't know if they can yet. It, from we got one snippet of it, and it looks like it's very similar to what Silent Hill Homecoming was. But my biggest thing is, are they going to do right by the story? Is it a one-to-one translation? If they do it as that way, I think people are are going to be more positive on the game. If they do any kind of rewrites or any kind of interpretation, this is where they fall into the trap of, you should have just left it because Bloober from what I've heard from all their games, don't nail their stories pretty well. They they, they kind of fumble them pretty hard. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling on Silent Hill 2 Remake? Layers of fear, people. 
and Blair Witch. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. I would, I would say that I was actually really hyped to play Blair Witch before that came out, and then I played it, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good." Uh, the yep. gameplay was not there at all, so for me, anyways. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't even play the medium, uh, but yeah, there was kind of mixed reviews on that. So yeah, uh, the medium had some ideas that I think were interesting, but I just don't. I don't know. I guess it didn't pan out for them. Uh, so, like a couple of takeaways that I've seen online from the medium is, uh, and like it's it's borderline like problematic i guess is the thing like or just not a very healthy way to uh, come off these themes is like abusers i'll, I'll just i'll go to the, uh, the abused can never be redeemed was like the takeaway and that like the best option for for those who are abused is to is to die was one thing uh and then i, I guess spoilers i guess for the medium if, if anyone cares no, no one you go for no, it i don't care i definitely don't uh like a <laughs> oh god uh, they, they attempted to uh, uh, there, uh there's no way around this i i i'll have to say i have to say a trigger warning before i say this they okay. attempted to um redeem a, a pedophile from the main story Ooh, which wow. is kind of a, a dicey thing to do in my like, yeah, in my yeah, in my humble opinion, you know, like a bit of a hot take. I don't know. I don't know. Is is that even dicey? Like, I think that's just disgusting. Like, what the hell? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. By the way, right? Yeah. I again, like, like you were saying, they they have a story laid out for them. One of the, I mean, from what I've heard, one of the most critically acclaimed horror games out there, Silent Hill Two. People love that. So they've got the story. They just don't have to mess that part up. But from what I'm hearing, the gameplay is also an issue with this this team. So they have to nail that too. So yeah, they've got a lot to prove. It's a, it's an interesting choice yeah. for a studio for bringing back Silent Hill. So hopefully they they're up to the task and can nail it. I, I wish them the best. But as you guys are saying, the history of their mm. their works isn't uh, isn't very good. So the thing that you really have to worry about is where they take their creative liberties. Um, and I think the one for me is going to be um, in terms of acting. Because obviously, if you go back to Silent Hill 2, like that whole PS2 era, like games, like line delivery is <laughs> not the greatest, right? But that's like part part of its charm of older games. Like that's actually part of why people enjoy Silent Hill 2 so much is because of its kind of quirkiness, right? It, it, it adds a certain kind of character to it. And so you have to take those creative liberties to make it a more modern game because you want to have like top of line acting and make a certain tone and atmosphere come across. And so the concern is going to be if they can nail that. Um, and there's people already really dissecting the line deliveries of the main character, James from the original and then the, uh, the remake and how different um, like his state of mind is, is seeming between the two. That's going to be a big one. My question to you, is if you're going to try Silent Hill 2 based on this. Rome might be a no, and that's okay, because <laughs> we you, you don't like the genre. But Dan's kind of a survival horror fan. What do you think? I would I would say I have to see more. Uh but like if if yeah. I see more and like I'm you know down for the vibe and it looks good and performance is good and everything, 
then yeah, I'll probably I'll probably pick this up. Um, yeah, I I think it's hopefully maybe something that Bloober could figure out and say, hey, this is a remake. Not we're not having to create our own ideas. Like we can do this. Let's just you know focus on making this a modernized version of this great game. And I feel like a team that's done very well for that is Blue Point, uh, as we've seen them make a bunch of great oh. remakes. So maybe Bluebird team can figure that out here and say, hey, we're actually pretty good at doing some remakes and maybe they'll, you know, work on some more stuff like that in the future. So, sure. Yeah. That, yeah. Just uh, I just want to see more and see what, what we get out of it. There's another thing here. Konami. Back to making games. <laughs> I mean, many, a ton of them, right? I mean, they're not... I say they're making them, right? They're, they're, there's like no Konami team, right? But they're, they're publishing these games. Yep. There are reports that it wasn't just Silent Hill coming back, that it was also going to be uh, Metal Gear, and there was one other game. I can't remember what it was. It's not Parasite Eve. Anyway. Um, it, it, does this set a precedent? Are we seeing, is this the beginning of a renaissance for Konami? Like, are they going to make a kind of comeback? I think... Uh, I don't know if the game that you're thinking of, thinking of was Suikoden, which was already announced mm. already. Not that one. Okay. No. But but yeah, with with that, even with that announcement in mind, and and uh, Silent Hill, it does seem like they're trying to uh, um, revive some of their popular, more popular franchises like Silent Hill and Suikoden. It would be great if Metal Gear joined that uh, joined that roster too. Uh, but without Kojima, it 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 just doesn't feel the same sometimes. But yeah, Christian, or are you gonna? You're just gonna Castlevania. say Castlevania. Yeah, it wouldn't feel the same, but uh, I'm sure people would like some remasters and remakes of those games too. Um, but yeah, the blooper thing obviously is putting a bad taste in people's mouth. But they've gotten more. Uh, it's not just on Hill Two that's coming back. They've got all these other games that could hopefully mm -hmm. kick uh, uh, land well and keep the Silent Hill uh, train rolling. So it's not all just in bloopers' hands, which is good. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm mm. I'm hoping that this is the start of Konami coming back. There was another game uh, that I, an indie game that they're publishing. It's like a Space Invaders game that looks really really cool. So mm. I I'm hoping okay. that they 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 publish some things outside of their big names too, and they they're getting back into it. That'll be that'll be cool. I because they had a pretty rough couple of years with the whole F. Uh, Konami, and for good reason, they 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 did not yes. treat Kojima very yeah, they right. They put him in a basin by himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like all the hate is warranted for sure, but I like a good redemption story. So if they're willing to change their name, their ways, and actually be a, a good good guy, I'm all for it. I think you hit it spot on, row when you said uh, Kojima without Metal Gear or. Metal Gear without Kojima is yeah. going to be hitting different, and uh, I think the important thing is going to be like. Mm what teams Konami can find to work on these games. So like yes. who will be the best team to work on Metal Gear and who will be the best team to work on Castlevania? Like you said, Christian, that's coming back as well. Uh, it'll be interesting. I, I don't know what those teams are, to be honest, because Metal Gear is such a unique franchise. Um, 
I, I honestly, I, I've got none that come to mind when it comes to Metal Gear. Uh, some kind of open world developer, maybe. Uh, Ubisoft. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Shut the f- bro. Disconnect from the fucking call right now. <laughs> you got to capture the watchtowers that have, oh, you know, no. reconnaissance information in there. But literally, uh, all I want is for Konami to put the games back up for sale online. Mm-hmm. Um, they they said they were going to do that a couple months ago. They're still not up, and like I would like to play the PS2 version, you know, on PC of Silent Hill. I, I would want to play the the Metal Gear games again on on, on PC. Um, I I don't care for remix for, for those to to be honest, because I don't I don't I don't know if they'll work. So Silent Hill 2 remake is going to be like the the testing ground for if these kinds of remix will will work, and so we'll have to wait and see. Um. A lot riding on it, to be honest. It's the return of a of a huge franchise. Yeah, a little bit niche, but still pretty big. Yeah. My last question is: It's the survival horror renaissance. It's back in full swing. It's hitting hard. Yes. It's going up against RE4 remake, which is highly anticipated. Dead Space remake, which looks massive, just just gorgeous, and Callisto Protocol, which again looks really great. Is there space for a Silent Hill 2 remake? Uh, if it's done well, it absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of room for Silent Hill. People have been wanting this so badly. It just it just needs to land well, but I think there's space for it if it if it could uh if Blooper can deliver for sure. Yeah. Well, Christian, don't forget about like the twelve other games that were at Jeff Keighley's show. Though. Oh, there's tons. Yeah, no, I ha- and I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, I mean, I forgot their names already. Yeah, I, no. I said one last week, and I, I totally forgot about it. I forgot its name already. Re something. Um, it's not recompile. Anyway, yeah, the thing the thing for me is um, a couple of years ago we were like really having conversations about like. Why are we having so many remakes and remasters? Let's get new games on the market. Uh, we're getting like new consoles. We we're sick of remakes, and now we're at the point where like these remakes, if done right with proper care, are actually hitting pretty well and it, are engaging a new audience and and having new life in these franchises. I think this will be huge for Dead Space. It's been massive for Resident Evil. Yeah. Um, the Last of Us. I mean, that's that's already a banger. That game got a remake. We've had those discussions before. We won't have it again. Uh, and yeah, I think this is really big for Silent Hill, but also really big for Konami. And if it comes out and it and it's good, then this will breathe a lot of life into not just this franchises, but for this franchise, but all of Konami's franchises. Period. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Big the, things ahead. The the generation of remakes and reboots. Tomorrow, Modern Warfare Two reboot. Oh God. <laughs> Holy God shit! I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh god, Horizon is on the way. That's true. Yeah. yeah, bro, I hope not. I hope <laughs> not. Yeah. If Jim Ryan has his way, he's gonna get. He's gonna milk that money out of you, Christian. Oh my god, I'll refuse. I'll turn my head. You think I'm gonna buy a Horizon remake? Absolutely not. Oh, he'll make you. <laughs> He'll turn you upside down and get all the coins out of you. So, so that I can get uh, one of those PlayStation Stars, like Aloy figure on my, my phone. Yes. That I'll never look at. <laughs> anyway. That's our show. 
Thank you again, everyone, joining us live on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you, Ro. Thank you, Daniel. Gage, keep chugging along. Uh, I have been Christian. I am Daniel. No, I'm no, I'm just reading now. For, I'm just reading for the doc. And this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out of here. Much love, and keep on gaming. Don't end the stream. Don't oh. end the stream. Don't oh. end the stream. Do not I forgot do my it. final question because I didn't write it down. Oh. oh, final question. This is after. Yes. This is after. I, I want everyone to guess the uh, the Metacritic score for oh. Silent Hill 2 Remake right now. Hmm. I'm going to give it a 75. I'm going to be optimistic and say 84. Wow. 71. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess I wasn't that far off from YouTube, but... Everyone down. Everyone down. And, and we are out. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> I stole Rose's line. Much love and keep on gaming. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>